what triggered this bizarre behavior. Journey into the cold heart of northern darkness with Nordic crimes. That case uh, became like a scene from a horror movie. A new true crime documentary series that chilled the bone. The hunger for killing is increasing in the course of these homicides. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nordic Crimes is a part of the Acast family. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today is a catch-up episode with the man from Alaska, the man they call the Alaskan Avenger. Hello, this is a collect call from Jason Vukovic. Incarcerated individual at Goose Creek Correctional Center. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. To accept charges and consent to this recorded call, press 1. Jason Vukovic was convicted of the assault of three registered sex offenders, men who he found on the United States Sex Offenders Registry list. If you're yet to listen to the full story of the man they call the Alaskan Avenger, well, you know what to do. Hit that pause button, head on back, and catch up. So the other day, my wife and I were talking at home and she asked me a question that I'd never actually had before. She asked me who my favourite person was to chat with on the phone. I had to think about it because I genuinely enjoy all the conversations that I have with the different men and women for different reasons. I enjoy hearing Tony's random stories about using stingers in his cell, inmates with fake eyes that he's had to retrieve, and just the general day-to-day life he faces inside. With Junior... I love hearing his outlook on life, his love of learning and the new experiences that he's been having with his work detail on the outside of the prison. So many people who have led vastly different lives to me, but all interesting humans in their own right. Then there's Jason. Jason is another deep thinker, another well-read man and a guy who I can sit and chat with on the phone and an hour just flies by. So as most people will know, Jason recently came up for parole He's served almost a decade of his initial sentence, 
and was of course hopeful that he would obtain parole and be able to move on with his life. The morning of his parole hearing, I was up early and watching a live stream that his sister Annie was doing on her Facebook page. She was anxiously waiting on news of how her brother's parole hearing was going. Usually, it would seem that they give you, like you go into your parole hearing, you talk to them for, you know, however long your hearing is, you get to say your piece and you get to present your letters and you get to talk and they get to ask you questions and all this stuff. I had this on as my wife and I were getting the kids ready for school. I was genuinely nervous, which surprised me, if I'm honest. I mean, I like Jason and I've really enjoyed chatting with him, but because of the way the Alaskan DOC is set up, I'm not able to write to him regularly like I do with the other men and women who I speak with. Nonetheless, I kept quickly running back to the computer, back to the kids, back to the computer to see if there had been any updates. My stream would freeze and I was frantically trying to get it back up and running again, eventually running it off my phone as well as the computer. Until eventually, we got news. It is taking so long. What was that vibrating sound? Is that your phone? Ah! The attorney's calling again. The attorney's oh calling God. again. Perfect timing. Hey, all you Instagrammers, go over to uh, Facebook or TikTok. Yes, yes it is. Hey, parole's granted. <gasps> parole's granted! Yes! Oh my God, are you serious? Oh my God, it's granted, you guys. Thank you so much, Lance. Thank you. I'll call you later. Thank you. Granted. You guys. Oh. Okay, hold on, you guys. I have people to text. I'm running around the house. He's got it. He's got it. My wife's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Jason, he's got parole. And then I get a text message from Annie who didn't realize I was watching her stream. Oh, my God, he got parole. And I replied, I know, I'm watching. I'm so happy. And then, all of a sudden, elation came to a screaming halt. He's calling. I can't put him on speaker for you guys because I'm not allowed to do that. Brother, you know it's been granted, right? Wait, what do you mean? 2028. Fuck. The state of Alaska wanted five more years of his life before they'd release him. I'd say I'm surprised, but I'm just not. You can't be. You can't be surprised, you know, and... There, there are certain dynamics about this whole thing that are very peculiar and, and interesting. So, you know, in the lead-up to going to see this parole board, first of all, guys that have gone in front of the Alaska parole board basically told me, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. It's a no. You're not going to get parole. They don't give anybody parole, you know, unless you are of a certain ilk. You will not get parole. Just don't even expect it. It's not happening. Yeah. So that was sort of the peer group reflection on the process, you know? Yeah. So the other thing was it's a five-member panel. Uh, however, the, the room that I walked into was 
one, two, three, four, five members of the panel, uh, a woman on the left of the panel, so that's six, three more people on a back table, that's nine, and then there was a satellite uplink to Juneau, which is the capital of the state of Alaska, where someone was watching who I could not see. Um, so there was that as well, plus two POs, plus my attorney. Wow. So there was nine members of the state, plus the satellite uplink to Juneau. Who knows who that was? That's where the governor's office is. You know, the guys are kind of behind the scenes. First of all, my attorney... <laughs> You know what, bro? I'll tell you right now. At what I hate to say this now, but absolutely worthless. Like this guy, I'm gonna show up an hour ahead of time. I'm gonna make sure you're prepped and ready. No, I didn't even see him before the parole hearing. He mm. he was sitting there when I walked in the room, and he's like, "Okay, are you ready to go? Let's go in the room." And we stepped in. But um, you know, other inmates were telling me like, you know, release plan, uh, what you've learned, accountability, et cetera, et cetera. These are the questions they're going to ask you. Yeah. Absolutely not. None of the above. Let me tell you. First question from the chairman of the parole board is, so please tell me, uh, what is justice? That was the first question right out of his mouth. As soon as that dropped in the room, then I knew in that moment, I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. These are going to be collegiate, higher-minded questions, and this is not about any sort of typical parole board hearing, right? So he asked me to define justice for him, and I thought that was an interesting opener because I told him, you know, funny you should ask me that because uh, I have just completed a book with a professor of criminology at UMass in Boston, uh, and he and I have, have battled back and forth attempting to define justice, and he has not yet been able to do so as a professor of criminology. What he was leaning towards is, do you think it's great that you went and smashed out a pedophile? I, you know, to use layman's terms, but, but he, he wasn't using layman's terms. So then we moved on to the next uh, member of the parole board, and she was basically like, so uh, what's with all this hero bullshit? It's basically what she had to ask me. And I told her, you know, well, it's, it's funny you should ask that because I live in a concrete shoebox and I have for a number of years and I don't even see the Internet. So whatever people are saying or doing out in the free world, uh, very little of that touches my actual existence with the exception of those that take the time to write me a letter. Uh, I don't see that and I've never ascribed that to myself. Um, The next guy, uh, he, you know, was... He's like, I see you're covered in tattoos, so what's with all this look-at-me stuff that you're doing, uh, you know? And uh, again, I thought that was a very interesting and challenging misread, and I told him so. I said, well, it's interesting you should say that because I was always a fat kid, and there's nothing about my appearance that I've found especially wonderful in my lifetime, and I certainly have never been a look-at-me sort of guy ever. I'm a very private person, you know? Yeah. So... So there was that. Then the next guy, this guy looked like a cowboy, and he had, this is no exaggeration, bro, he had a miniature bullwhip for a bolo tie, okay? And, uh, you know, he says, well, you're an outlaw. You've always been an outlaw, and you've broken the law your whole life. And uh, what are you going to do? And he, and he said, you found yourself, and this, I thought this was a particularly intelligent insight. He said, you found yourself caught up in a situation that is much bigger than you. And what are you going to do when all the attention goes away? That's what he said. And, uh, you know, I, I just proceeded to tell him that, you know, it, what, sometimes what looks like attention isn't. 
And number two, I have I have opportunities, and I presented letters from, you know, uh, the Alaska Children's Trust from uh, a recovery group that was offering me a job. Uh, you know, I just have all of these very positive opportunities right now, and I, you know, I basically told them it's not about the attention; it's about the opportunity to serve others and convert this experience into service is what it is. So, anyway, those were all of my answers, and uh, you know, they they basically proceeded to they excused my attorney at that point and basically told him bounce. We'll give you a phone call with our decision, and told him to leave leave the building and had myself and the two POs sit outside and wait and wait and wait and wait. And you could tell this there must have been a holdout or two that were basically like, you know, there, there was definitely differing strong opinion. Panel. Okay, so it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it was a complete and utter whitewash. You think there must have been a couple of people who were, who were for, for your release? For sure, for sure. And, and evidence of that? is like we really got the, to reference old biblical parables, we got the whole Solomon cut the baby in half ruling. You know what I mean? The baby yeah. belongs to both of you? Well, we'll cut it in half and you can each have half. Yeah. And that's what they did to me. I had 10 years hanging over my head and they split it in half and said, all right, we'll check this out. Parole's granted, but not for five years. So I know the number one question is, and it's mine as well, what's with this five years? What is the reasoning for saying, yes, you can have parole, but we want another five years first? I don't understand what their argument is, what, what that extra five years is going to accomplish other than having you locked up in, in, in a cell for another five years and wasting five, five more years of your life. And that's what was really odd, and even the attorney said, number one, he has never seen a single parole ruling like this ever, number one. Number two, the only delayed granting of discretionary paroles he has ever seen was discretionary parole granted upon completion of X, Y, or Z. Some class, some program, some reason why we need you to stay in there. Um, and there, there's <laughs> ironically, there isn't a single one they can ask me to do that I haven't already done. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I can't explain it to you. Other than to say... You know, I'm a pretty pretty simple linear thinker, and, and I think that I, I figured this one out myself pretty quickly, which was there must have been a couple of holdouts that said, you know what, you have to give this guy parole. You have to. And then there definitely was plenty of them who were saying, we should never give this guy parole no matter what. You know, so. Yeah. And that's... A lot of that stems from I understand the world that I live in, and I have watched over the years. I've been in here nearly a decade, and I have watched them release child molesters one after another after another after another. Um, and, you know, interestingly, to that end, since my lowered custody level and moving to this facility, I'm sitting here on the phone with you right now, and I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. There are six sexual assault on a minor people right here in this mod with me in, in the same airspace with me they have they have saturated the the general population here with them they're everywhere so my conduct on the daily at least for the last eight months since i've been at this facility has demonstrated to them clearly i'm not on some you know child molester assaulting rampage that cannot be stopped As we know, Jason's story has gained a lot of interest globally. The nature of his crime has had people call Jason a hero. 
He even gained the title, as we know, by some of the Alaskan Avenger. This celebrity of sorts, for want of a better term, can sometimes go against someone in Jason's situation, with the authorities almost wanting to make an example of them, as to dissuade anyone else from doing the same. So I asked Jason if he thought the fact that his case had been so publicised may have worked against him. Um, I, I definitely know, with no exception, that they were heavily focused on that. It was a big deal. Um, but walking away from that hearing, I will tell you two things. I, I 100% think it worked against me, but I also think it saved me. Yeah. So, because they had all listened to podcasts they all knew before even showing up that I was an intelligent person who had developed himself. They knew that ahead of time by hearing my voice before they got there. So it was impossible for them to write me off as another throwaway to stuff in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I can tell you for sure. They knew better. And, you know, really, if I'm being totally candid with you, if you look at me in my life, okay, uh, 10 or 12 prior felony convictions covered with tattoos, there's absolutely no reason um, because to be candid with you again another word for discretionary parole is early release that's what that means so take a guy with multiple felonies covered with tattoos who has demonstrated to you that he is going to commit felonies in his life should he qualify for an early release for any reason in the state of alaska the easy answer is no no why bother why let him out ever so there's, that's, that's what their perspective would be. From my perspective, what I will tell you from the heart is, you're fucking telling me these people and the officials in this state and the people that run systems of justice in this world, their greatest potential fear and the worst possible outcome is, what if we let him out and another pedophile gets assaulted? That's what you're trying to preclude from happening? Okay. I realize assaulting people in this world is a horrible thing, but clearly I had one focus or target and and really you're that you're that concerned that it might occur again that you absolutely need me to sit here for five more years you know as you said your crime was uh, assaulting pedophiles and you're saying right. you know that's their their only concern is you're going to go out and assault pedophiles again if that is their concern why don't they look at the root cause of this issue and your past and what happened to you in your younger years and go right. okay so what do we have to do to ensure that Jason doesn't have those feelings towards these people anymore or well, he'll still have those feelings but he doesn't act on those feelings well we need to get him professional help yeah. we need to get him to someone yeah. to someone to talk yeah, to and you- yeah, you're, you're absolutely accurate with your observation. And what's interesting about that is you realize I also presented them with responses from their own mental health department telling me to cease and desist from any PTSD therapy, teletherapy, or otherwise. It was not allowed by the DOC. Uh, all mental health services are provided by the DOC, and currently there is no funding or support for mental health services for PTSD or childhood trauma. I brought a letter from a PTSD therapist who said he was willing to put me on his client list immediately if I was released. Uh, Point being, there was all of the paperwork there to support. If you release me, I can further attend PTSD therapy and address childhood trauma issues, et cetera, et cetera. If you keep me in this penitentiary, I am literally not allowed to pursue childhood trauma therapy or anything related to that. Could you not arrange a call, like we are doing right now, with a therapist? Would they not allow that? 
Yeah. So with their knowledge, no. Right. Um, I was I was actually able to do it without the DOC's knowledge for a period of time when I was in Seward. Um, and it was actually funded by um, a media group that I did an interview with, which was amazing at a very high cost. Um, and the DOC was actively blocking the number so the therapist would have to generate a new number every single week in order for us to continue therapy. That's how messed up <laughs> this system is. I will just tell you that. That's how messed up it is. They just don't want reform. They don't want ch- – like it's just yeah. – it's, it's, it's insanity. Yeah. yeah. It 100% is about warehousing. And, you know, the other thing that that it pushes me to is as an intelligent person who has learned the system and the repercussions of it from the bottom up, um, what this means is instead of um, um, changing people, I have to work on changing laws, changing legislation. That's the only way this is going to be fixed, um, you know, and I've done informal peer surveys and I'm telling you now, bro, I look across this room full of people here, 60 to 75% of them, all survivors of childhood abuse trauma. Yeah. This sort of therapy should be available in every prison, no question. And I'll tell you what is even more sick than that is if I was a child molester, they would move me three or four mods down. They would put me in child molester therapy, and I would be released early on parole in the next two years. So they're currently offering them therapy, and we'll send them out to the streets. But if you're the survivor of that sort of thing, they're blocking your access to therapy and keeping you here. It's fucking bizarre. So we're going to take a break, but when we come back, the reality of Jason's situation, where he faces now five years walking a tightrope, really hit home just a few days ago. This guy sneaks around behind me, and as soon as I lay back into a set of sit-ups, cracks me in the side of the head about three times. Oh, my Lord. Uh... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Jason has been told that he will be up for release in five years' time. However, he now walks a tightrope daily, a tightrope that is surrounded by sharks as he fights to stay off the radar of everyone around him. Moving forward, the, the kind of the powerful and, and dangerous and difficult reality of this is discretionary parole is like a, a semi-intangible gift that the state of Alaska offers you, okay? Yeah. So what they've basically done now with this with this ruling is they've put me into and I'm calling it the challenge of impossibility, and that's what they've given me because they're basically saying, okay, the next decade of your life, they're saying while you're in prison for the next five years, you must have perfect conduct the entire time, and if you have perfect conduct for the next five years while you're in prison, you will have the opportunity to get out of prison and demonstrate five more years of perfect conduct. And if at any time during that 10-year window you, just, you demonstrate anything but perfect conduct, it's taken away and you will serve all of that time in a penitentiary. One wrong move, one infraction, and that parole will be gone, taken away, and he will have to serve out his entire sentence. Now, some might think, well, if he's a changed man, that should be easy. However, let's not forget where Jason lives, surrounded by violence, and at any moment... That violence could come looking for him, as it in fact actually did just days before we spoke. Living in an environment like this, where we're mixed in with transient, pre-trial, unsentenced people, some of them drug-addled coming down, some of them from other states just coming through, it is a challenge. And, uh, you know, this week is a good example of that. This is, this is a week, strangely... Uh, for the first time in 10 years, I was out there on the rec yard, um, and they ha- kind of have like, imagine a jungle gym for convicts where you can do pull-ups and dips, and then there's like a sit-up station where you can sort of lock your feet in and do suspended sit-ups, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of these guys, bro, just a scurvy scumbag who I had kicked out of my cell and told him to stay away from me. I don't want you or your behavior around me. Just stay away from me. This guy sneaks around behind me, and as soon as I lay back into a set of sit-ups, cracks me in the side of the head about three times. Oh, my Lord. Uh, for the guards were able to get there and, and do whatever they did. So, And you can't even so much it's as defend just, yourself now because you are literally on eggshells. Correct, correct. And, and so in this particular instance, uh, interestingly... As sick as this sounds, uh, I'm actually grateful that I got a surprise attack on the side of my face because had I been facing him and defended myself, I would have beat his ass and I would have had uh, a high, moderate write-up and the discretionary parole thing kissing goodbye. So fortunately for me, he snuck up behind me and hit me and the cops got there and I didn't even see it. So I was able to escape 
some sort of an infraction that would jeopardize my parole, you know. But it just is a good example and a highlight of what can happen in a penitentiary. And I'm telling you, bro, I live on the square. I am so regimented, and I don't go outside of my lane. You know what I mean? Workouts work in the cell. Workouts work in the cell. And uh, there are just wild cards. It's just the nature of the jungle. You know what I mean? And, so, that, and that this is the problem when you are living in such a volatile situation. Like, obviously, you know, in a normal circumstance, you know, it's pretty easy for people to stay out of trouble. You just don't go where the trouble is, but you live with the trouble. Yeah, for sure. And, and I will tell you, you know, whatever your thoughts and feelings are about systems of justice or penitentiaries or, you know, um, things of that nature, um, I can assure you there are plenty of people that are housed here that need to be. Yeah, of course. Um, and some of them are mentally unstable. Some of them are in need of treatments they will never receive. Some of them are not rational in any way, shape, or form. This person being one of those completely irrational, drug-addled behavior. You know, this one in particular with horns tattooed on his head, uh, you know, which will sort of demonstrate to you what sort of energy he is working with. Yeah. And it's crazy because... These are the times of times in life in a penitentiary. This will just be someone who was just passing through, who I will not remember, who probably will not remember me. And, uh, you know, he had the potential to alter my life greatly just simply because I live in this environment. So, so why, why, did he, why did he target you? Well, so he was actually a cellmate. And uh, I won't I won't get into the specifics sure. because of the nature of these phone calls, but yep. I will just tell you uh, earlier in the day came to light that he was doing some very scurvy, inappropriate things that I don't want around me or near me. Um, and I was extremely upset because I stressed to all of my cellmates that these people put me with, like, listen, if you're going to be here, there's no contraband in this room. Uh, if you're, you're not to be doing this and that and the other things that could get me in trouble. Yeah. If you want to do that shit, live somewhere else. And uh, I expect them to at least be honest with me if I'm honest with them. Well, he was not. Yeah. So when I discovered the sort of indemnity that, that his dishonesty had put me in, you know, I came back and told him, get your shit and get the fuck out. Move out now. You're going to go down to the cop and tell him you're living somewhere else. I want you out of the cell and just stay away from me. That's what I want you to do. So he did. Uh, moved out, moved his shit out and sort of when it permeated the, the inmate population, what sort of person he was and what was going on, I think unbeknownst to me, I, I put his pride in a particular corner where he felt like he had to do something dramatic. The thing that's interesting is the way we typically handle things here is privately off camera in a cell. And I mean, Earlier uh, in the day, you know, I super hard checked him in the cell. The two of us, if he wanted to do something, he could have. Yeah. Uh, in the second cell that he moved to, same thing. If he wanted to do something, he should have done it there. Pretty much figured this issue was quashed. He's out of my life. Everybody knows what it is, and we move on. Well, lesson learned, bro. In, in a penitentiary, you are never too uh, old or too anything to not have your head on a swivel. And yeah. I turned my back on him, and I should not have done that. That portion of it was my mistake, you know what I mean? So as you can imagine, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Jason has to be watching his back, sleeping with his eyes open, avoiding any possible situations that could find him getting written up. 
something that no doubt would take a toll on you mentally. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and it's difficult to, and you have to understand how, how far this spans, okay? Any CO having a bad day. Any CO at any point or place in this facility having a bad day. Uh, any mentally unstable inmate having a bad day. Anyone uh, uh, who, to use, a, to use a, a, an analogy that makes sense, uh, imagine if you are one of the very tall trees in the forest, you can imagine those are the ones they're looking to cut down because then they can say, I cut down that really tall tree that was in the forest. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. if you happen to be one of those, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, get ready because some of these people, especially brand new ones looking to attain a stripe or a name, that's what they want to do. Say, say that they cut down a tall tree. That's just what it is. So, it's going to be uh, the challenge of impossibility. That's what it's going to be. Um, can it be navigated and negotiated and successfully achieved? Sure. Um, what's the percentage of people that could possibly get there? Man, less than 5%. Yeah. So that's where I've got to get myself somehow. Of course, it's not exactly the best outcome Jason could have hoped for. However, there is some positives at the moment as Jason is looking to get himself moved to a lower security facility, to a work camp, where things are far less volatile. I am one point away from minimum custody. All of these years and classes and things I've done have taken me all the way down where I'm one point away. It's requiring a one-point override, is what it's called, to get me to minimum custody. So one of the, one of the miracles that transpired was both of the POs that work here supported me and recommended me for parole, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and so they have said that they will put in the necessary paperwork to do this override to give me the minimum custody. If that transpires, I can then be shot off to a work camp that is like, you know, no prison fences or housing or this sort of riffraff yeah. involved. So yeah. that, that possibility is hanging in the air as well. Yeah, I mean, I speak to a couple of gentlemen who are actually in those work camps and, you know, they say, although it's still prison and you still get locked up at night, they, they, they say, you know, you, you go out, you can be in the community working and, you know, you have, it's, yep. it's a much better environment to be in. And that's 100% what I'm after. Um, it's just that, you know, this prison is so transient as far as administration is concerned. So, for instance... Um, the PO that I built a rapport with, who knows me, who who recommended me for parole or whatever, uh, he was supposed to do something in the intervening four or five weeks, and I haven't seen or heard from him. And I asked the CO yesterday, actually, hey, uh, where's old John? That's his name, and and he's like, oh, he's gone. I'm like, oh, he's on vacation. When is he coming back? No, 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 he's gone. He's transferred. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So oh, he's gone. Who will replace him? A stranger. Um, I'll have to start from the Back bottom again one. as far as rapport. Yeah, build trust and all of that. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, bro. This is the heavy lifting of life, right? And uh, I suppose, just imagine when I get through the cheese grater and the, you know what I mean, the grind mill of all this, oh, perhaps. Man. Life will be I'll so be a good. Great guy. <laughs> once, you've, once you've stared this in the face and you've taken it on and you come out the other side, you know, nothing in life will ever B, you will appreciate everything there is that's out there and, you know, oh yeah, I mean. Oh, my God. 
Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Let's get some soft serve ice cream. I'm ready. Smoke <laughs> a cigar after. You know what I mean? I'm telling you. Mate, I'll be there to smoke, oh a, smoke a big stogie with you. That's for sure. Although there's a small speck of light at the end of Jason's tunnel, this is a man who has already been through so much mental trauma in his life. And now he faces one of his biggest challenges to date. And it certainly plays on his mind. One of my greatest concerns is that uh, on the daily, the psychological stress of the environment and the routine, uh, it begins to wear on you and it begins to age you. And I just want to maintain a strength and a, and a center um, so it doesn't crack my sanity, you know, and that's, and that's what I'm after on the daily, so. You're a deep thinker and you're a good, you know, you read a lot and you educate yourself, so I think, you know, I, 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 would, I would like to think that, that that wouldn't happen to you, so. I think, I think we're going to make it. You are, my I friend. really do. You are. Well, you know, bef- right. before we get, get cut off, I want to I keep in touch. It's very hard because I can't send you messages, but I'll, talk, I'll, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you, bro. I want to keep talking to you over the next, you know, years and stuff. I'm not going to say goodbye now. I never talk to you again, so let's keep in touch. Okay, good. Okay, good. I appreciate your voice, bro. I needed your little energy in my yeah, world today. Yeah, good man. So thanks for everything. All right, stay safe, appreciate brother. Appreciate you, Jack. I will. See All you, right, brother. Bye. You have one minute remaining. As always, we will stay in touch with Jason and check in on him to see how he's holding up. In fact, recently, one of our OMR family, Linda Williams, on the Facebook page made a great suggestion. She recommended that we all send Jason a postcard from where in the world we are listening with words of encouragement. So if you would like to get involved and do that, I will be getting Jason's postal address and placing it in the OMR Facebook group so that we can flood him with postcards of support to help him push through these next few years. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Hosted and produced by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Acast Creator Network.